never seen me fight live. He, he, his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be, I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. And you're going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's a sign of it. He's all right, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking all. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 28 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. Your host, Andrew McGahan, as always, joined by the Southwest's favourite son, Sean Sheehan. And Sean, you're on holidays this week. I'm sorry um, for interrupting yeah. your early holiday. I know, if it wasn't so... Well, I was well not early, early holiday, but... Yeah. Uh, I've I delayed have, your holiday. You have, in fairness. I should have a bottle of beer in my hand right now, but uh, I'll, I'll have to go at my cog zero. But. So this is different from every other podcast we've done, because usually you are drunk, just so the people know. <laughs> exactly. Is yeah. that not right? Yeah, usually I'm pissed out of my head, but... You, you hold uh, it together incredibly well. For I do, in fairness. It's such a problem. Yeah, in fairness. Like... When are, when are you going to start drinking? Like, when's it going to happen? I'm not, but you accused me of it the other day. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what it was for, because do you know the way when you get the notification, uh, you don't know that someone has quoted a tweet when you're yeah. in Android? So I thought it was in response to my my friends on Periscope yesterday. No, it was in response to the Arsenal winning the league this year. They probably are going to. No, they're not. It's Chelsea are. I don't think so. I think uh, yesterday was a nice changing of the guard. Arsene Wenger, the greatest man to have ever lived, has finally got a victory over Jose Mourinho. Don't have enough <laughs> this is nothing to do with this is nothing to do with David Moyes won the community shield, so United are gonna have a good season. This <laughs> is to do with Arsene Wenger mind fucking Jose Mourinho before the season even started. He couldn't uh, he's the worst man at mind games. Wenger. Ever. Yeah, well, apart from Rafa Benitez, maybe. But. Doesn't matter. He's still he's in Mourinho. Mourinho is afraid of the Arsenal team this year. I don't think so. They don't have good enough. When strike. Kareem Benzema signs within the next week or two, <laughs> that's going to be it. Maybe if he does. Peter Cech, Kareem Benzema, Mesut Ozil, all of Jose Mourinho's favorite players going to combine together to form the holy trinity to give Arsenal its first Premier League win. Like Man United lose a lot of fucking world class players. You mean the world-class player that spent three months, the last three months of the season on the bench? Yeah, well, far more uh, world-class player this was. Oh, yeah, he's no shit, is he? Yeah, he's no shit. I, Same as did, I did see something very good on Facebook. If it is still here when I go back on, I'm going to read it out to you. Thiago Silva said yeah. that uh, Angel Di Maria joined a smaller club. And the club has been around for 41 years. So they compared it to a United player. Ryan Giggs, who's been around for 45 years, has won seven more league titles than them and has slept with more teammates' wives. Oh, my God. There's a stat for you. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Before we get on to mixed martial arts talk, boring talk for the next hour, any other news? Anything else that you want to bring up? Any pressing matters? Fuck all, no, just bored. Jesus, Sean. It's just sleeping, like, I uh, have free house all this week, I'm just sleeping, I'm gonna, I'm going on the beer, my friend JJ's, we're going on the beer somewhere, like, in Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, we're just gonna get fucked up. Oh man, I had so many beers last night, that's exactly what you sound like. 
No, I had two beers last Man, night. That's I all drank I had. so many beers last night. I was. Do you know what I did on Saturday? What? I went to a nightclub for the first ever time. Really? Don't you work in a nightclub? No, yeah, I I do work in a nightclub. <laughs> um, but what I mean is, I was only ever out for my uh, for my leaving cert results. Really? Yeah. What did you? Twenty years? Where did I'm, you go to college? What? Didn't you go to college for a few years? Yeah, I did. But I, I commuted for a couple of those years. I was living in Ballyfermot. Uh, no, I was living in DCU. By, but I was living in Ballymun, just around from DCU. And was going in Ballyfermot. Yeah, I never went out when I was in Dublin. I never went out when I lived in Dublin. I went out for my leaving cert results, and that was it. Because um, I don't drink. I find going out to a nightclub, and I've worked in a nightclub since around then as well. So I'm like, this is just too weird. Like, why would anyone want to go there? Yeah, that's on, true. Nightclubs are shit places. But, yeah, they're shit places when they're not drinking. But... Saturday night after uh, work because I'm not working in the same place anymore on a Saturday I'm DJing out the road so then I came in I owed my friend money after I got paid I went in he was in the nightclub and then I stayed there for about 25 minutes 30 minutes and do you know why I stayed there for so long? Why? Because people kept stopping me saying what the fuck are you doing here you're never in a nightclub (laughs) like why are you here if it's your night off and I bumped into a fan of the podcast Oh, very good. There's so, so many of them around now. So many of them. They're just waiting to come out and talk to us. Speaking of yes. which, another fan of the podcast. Ronda, Peter Carroll, is it? I was going to say, make a joke that Ronda Rousey listens to the <laughs> podcast and then we talk about her fight. But if she you does, got follow, a better, me, she if does you, follow me on Twitter. Like, she does oh. in her fuck. She does, yeah. Why? Why not? Put in a good word there or something, will you? Yeah, I will. No bother. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, get her. I'll DM, DM her, her there. And her and be like, follow, follow Andrew McGann. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, talk about our fight. Yeah, it was. Let's no, let's see if your if your summary can be longer than the fight itself. <laughs> it probably will go. be. It'll have to be. Um, listen, you have to put everything with Ronda Rousey into perspective, right? She is by far the best female fighter in the world by an absolute country mile. Bitch Korea never had an, a chance against her. She just absolutely decimated her, like. There's a, a lot of people kind of got mad at the way Joe Rogan kind of waxed lyrical about Ronda Rousey, about her being like this kind of mythical f- figure. People try to just touch her. She gets towards the octagon just to say they like uh, they saw her in her prime and like. Compares- <laughs> what? That was 34 seconds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, good. I mean it. Continue. But, uh, yeah. She, like, she's something else in fairness. She's on. She's an unbelievable fighter for what she is, and uh, like people, people need to people need to calm down a small bit. Like I saw people call her the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Like she's really good, but she's not the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Like look at Demetrius Johnson or Jose Aldo or like any of them. There's, if you just look pure skills, she doesn't have what they have. Like she's a really good, unbelievable judo player. She has quick hands, very, very fast hands. She has power in her hands. Do you believe they're not good hands, as a lot they're of people have they're said? They're not. Like they're not good hands, really. Her technique is very, very sloppy. She, if it's improving though, in fairness, it it has improved an awful lot, but it's still not. You know, it's still not up to the, look at Jose Aldo fighting. Like the way he throws punches, the way he jabs and he, like he sets his feet and throws with fucking power and technique. Ronda does just doesn't have that yet. Like it's she's definitely improving, and she's definitely better than everyone else. She's even better than the, most of the strikers in in um, her division. 
but to say she's the best pound for pound fighter in the world is is insane in my opinion. Best female pound for pound fighter in the world, undoubtedly, definitely. Um, and we'll get to cyborg and stuff later on, but like it's it's hard to say. Like you have to find a kind of a medium with Ronda Rousey because she's she's so good in her own division that people kind of blow her up into what she maybe isn't in an overall sense like we've spoken about it so many times over over the 20 what 28 podcasts now that like uh, women's mixed martial arts it just isn't there yet where men's are but like Ronda Rousey is bringing it on so much she's setting the pace like for for uh, people who are coming up in the years and uh, I think was it you just described her as like the what was it the TORTs of of um of women's MMA or I high space or whatever. I definitely um, wouldn't uh, have compared her to Tito because yeah. Tito's an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, but she's like... Chill. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the UFC. <laughs> yeah, they're paying us. Uh, fuck it, I wish. Dana, give us money. We, yeah. <laughs> we'll, take your, we'll take your sponsorship. No you're, matter. You're throwing enough money around the place to other people. We'll yeah. take some of that. No, na- no names, name. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. <laughs> nice wee joke there. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey. I think um, going from her fight at the weekend, I'm really excited in seeing the Cyborg fight. But yeah. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I just have, like, according to Dana White, two and a half million buys on pay per view. Like, no, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. That's the UFC hype machine kicking into overdrive there. What I do think will happen though, Ronda fights Misha again, probably Katz and Gano after that. And then I think her last fight actually will be the, I know I said it's unlikely it'll happen, but I think Cyborg will get herself down. Ronda went full, full tilt on her at the post-fight press conference and in subsequent interviews saying that if she just stopped taking steroids, she'd be able to make £135 easy. Um, and there are people talking we spoke about it before the changing of weight classes guys looking pudgier now at weigh-ins with the um, increased bands and increased out of competition testing that the UFC are now employing so maybe it's not beyond the realm of possibility that within the next year we see Cyborg head down to 135 Ronda Rousey retire fairly early in her career I do think and then head off into the movies but I know I went on a little bit hard on it last week, but Edmund Tarverian, I just can't, uh, I can't get over it. You're talking about Ronda striking, you're talking about how it's improving. I think in a fight we haven't seen it improved as much as it should have been, but if you watch videos of her on pads, she looks amazing. Do you know the way people say? Are you yeah. like because I because I heard absolutely no life out of you there for a minute. I was worried that you had disconnected. So no, I was listening. Just listening yeah. and taking it in. Yeah. Um, people can look world class on bags and pads and be average strikers in a combat situation. Ronda is by no means an average striker. She's a good striker, but some of the it seems like her muscle memory from judo. Is, is blocking her transition to becoming a better striker. Judokas have the the holy rule, forgive my use of uh, biblical terms there. My coach always explains it to me as, imagine there is a wooden pole going from your knee, your left knee to your right knee, 
and it's stopping you from being able to move. So you have to move as if your legs, your kneecaps are joined together. That's how every judoka in the world moves. They don't cross their feet because the second you cross your feet, you're going to get tripped or thrown. Ronda is like that as well. I actually watched back her last three fights. It only took me about 68 seconds to do it. But uh, you watch her feet and she doesn't. She just has that completely in her. Compared to TJ Dillashaw, who crosses feet when he's getting in and out of exchanges and strikes. Same with Demetrius Johnson. Ronda is just a judoka that's learned to strike with her hands. Very rarely throws kicks. Do you know? And I think that could be yeah. something again from judo, you know, not wanting to get taken down. Um, so I think Ronda's game is evolving, but it needs to definitely take that extra step for the cyborg fight. And the weekend was the first time that I actually thought maybe Cyborg could put it up to her, that it wouldn't be as easy as everybody thinks it would be. Um, because Ronda got hit a little bit. She's very hittable. Her chin is up high. You know, her striking is good, but I think that she leaves herself very vulnerable. Because she's so much better than all these girls, I think she's going to leave herself open to like someone like Cyborg who's going to bring the ruckus. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think a big part of her... Um like us not seeing the improvement in our striking as well is to do with the fact as you said they're like that I think her last three fights are 64 yeah. seconds yeah like we don't get time to see it and she's not the sort of fighter who's gonna like stand in the pocket and show like her skills she's she's not gonna like admire her work kind of the way like McGregor does or Junior Dos Santos does like throw the shots and then like stand back and give you time to admire it and stuff no she just like she barrels her way through people and like her first shot the last day was like a jab and then a big huge overhand right like it could have been over within two seconds so yeah like she could be a lot better than we're kind of seeing at the moment um uh offensively but defensively she eats so many shots it's it's unbelievable like um and i suppose that's because she attacks so hard as well and she just she'd like the most amazing thing about Ronda, and I, as I watched back the fight a couple of times again, is her lack of respect for opponents. Like, she just did not give one shit about Betch Correa. She just attacked her. She's like, look, you can punch me if you want. I'm going to punch you harder. I, if I get a hold of you, you're going on your arse, and I'm going to fucking bring your arm home with me. Can we talk? She about, just has no respect. Can we talk about Betch's uh, amazing grappling defense? It was the most pathetic trip in the world. It was almost like she fell to the ground because she didn't want to get ip-owned by Ronda. It was like Ronda yeah. just gave her a tiny little top tip and Beth just went straight down. She did like, okay to stop the first um, throw, though, in fairness to her. Yeah. she. Uh, but the the second time in, she kind of just fell away from it, which yep. is... Like, it wasn't the worst thing. She did okay, like, but she backed herself up against the Vincent and took six punches to the face, which was... Bit bad. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say it was the worst ever performance from somebody fighting for a UFC title that I've uh, ever seen. I wouldn't say that now. I like I, I like only for the fact that I watched all the open workout stuff after the podcast last week. I wouldn't yeah. have given Betch any chance at all. So bad watching her hit pads, grapple, all of that stuff. Like when you think about it, like like we were saying last year, she got into MMA four years ago to lose weight. Do you know what I mean? That's what she's always said. And this fight had some narrative. It was interesting a year ago, you know, when they were playing up to the four horsewoman gimmick, when all of those yeah. people actually trained together. Flash forward a year later when the fight actually happens, and oh, uh, by the way, the horsewomen have disbanded. They're still kind of friends, but they're not all training together. 
and uh, we've now realised how bad all of them are except for Ronda Rousey. So now this fight just became, oh, there's someone undefeated that insulted Ronda's dad instead of, oh, there's actually a nice backlog story to this about killing off Ronda's friends one by one and then coming from the, for the queen until we realised that actually those fighters were sub-level UFC fighters and probably should all be an Invicta. What are you talking about? Shayna Baszler's top class. World class. World class. So is Jasmine Duke. Uh, I Do you know who Jasmine Duke looks like? Looks like one of uh, one of the most the funniest tweets that I've ever ever seen. Chris Nelson from Sharedog put it up. Uh, Here's Jasmine Duke in her last job, and it was a picture of a wacky wailing inflatable arm <laughs> tube man. Oh, uh, you got that wrong though. Did wacky I? wailing inflatable arm flailing tube man. Arm flailing tube man. Yeah. Wacky, right. wacky wailing inflatable arm flailing tube man. I'm not a I'm not a Family Guy fan, but I just know the know the reference. Maybe. Um, but before we get off the topic of Ronda Rousey, I just give so. Oh, unless you have something else to say, I think Bitch actually did better than I was expecting. Like she got her face twice. I, like, <laughs> did many people expect that seriously though? But she did more than uh, Sarah McMahon. Well, maybe yeah. But she did more than Sarah McMahon. She did more than Alexis Davis. She did more than Sarah Kaufman back in the day. She did more than Katz and Gano. She survived for thirty-four seconds, like. I, that's how good Ronda is I suppose that I think she did well because she survived for 34 seconds Betch would get beaten by every one of those girls which what do you mean that oh, you yeah. just mentioned yeah she would she, she's not good at all like she, she really isn't and then her whole narrative last week about I got into this sport to be the best in the world and retire undefeated and then it's like uh, we, I, and I was like I just watched an interview with you two days previously on your other embedded series where you said <laughs> you got into it to lose weight because your boyfriend was the trainer. So, like, <laughs> but bitch, uh, what was I gonna say? Be- she like, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. What I was You've just say. had a brain fart. <laughs> I just had and a brain. I'm and there was admirable that. stalling on your part trying to remember it because it's yeah. just out of reach. And you can't. One thing I will say about Betch, which made me like her, is where she trains. She pretty much trains in the ghetto. It reminded me very fondly of Brazil, the greatest place in the world. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Go. She did a great job of selling the fight, in fairness, beforehand. Oh, even yeah. though like nobody remember, nobody bought that she was going to win or anything in the hard cars or anything. But like the way she went around with her Brazilian flag the whole time, like even when Ronda walked out, she got a lot of booze and bitch got a lot of cheers. And the way like she it was the stare down, it was the yeah, opposite. Yeah, Ronda got a bigger cheer than Betch. I don't. Well, she probably got. A, I don't think she did though. At if the you Wayans, this, she did. At the, oh, at the Wayans definitely. But walking out for the fight, oh, um, oh, yeah. Ronda got a lot of booze. She got loads of booze. So I think Betch did a good job that way. Well, I just give in to some clickbait on Facebook. Would you like to yep. hear eight interesting facts about Ronda Rousey? <laughs> what website is this from, Andrew? Fightstate.com Oh, okay, go on. Um, no, but we can talk about the fact that there is a porn tribute being made for Ronda Rousey. Did you yeah, read that? I, heard about, I read about that, yeah. Ronda Arouse Me, yeah. is what it's called. Now, as an impartial mixed martial arts reporter... For sign for reporting purposes. Reporting purposes. I will have, to, have to watch it when it comes yeah. out, and I will report back to the podcast. But anyway, what was Ronda Rousey's first time in ER? The the show or the, an actual ER? No, like an actual ER. I don't know. For sticking raisinets up her nose, and one got stuck. She used to be a moderator on a Pokemon web forum. 
Oh yeah, I knew that. She couldn't speak until she was six years old. Yeah. Judo runs in her family. This is the shittest clickbait article <laughs> that I've ever clicked before. Number five is probably going to be she is female. Number Check five, to- wake up Rhonda. Her mom used to oh my god. Check it out a pizza car to write that article. He probably did. She only used <laughs> to eat once a day. What? That's mad. Probably, she probably used to, she was trying to make weight for Judah or something. No, she used to just get up, train all day, and then eat a huge supper, which consisted consisted of whatever she wanted. Yeah, what's that called? The um fasted cardio. Oh no, um the uh, crazy warrior diet or something like that. Who knows? Or the fuck the caveman diet or something. War uh, war machine used to go. I know he's after. She's an avid World of Warcraft player, which we knew that. And finally, her mother calls all of her boyfriends Bob. Oh, yeah, I knew that as well. What's the point in learning his name if he's not going to be sticking around? Oh. Exactly. Anyway. Speaking of uh, speaking of that, what? Okay, we spoke a small bit about Cyborg, but if if you're to if they were to fight, okay, first of all, making weight. I don't think Cyborg can make one thirty five to be honest, and I don't think they should throw away this fight over the weight. Like people are saying, then it need there needs to be a belt on the line, and uh, like. People won't like the fight as much if the belt didn't online. I don't buy that shit at, for one second. I don't buy it at all. I think Ronda Rousey is a star. That belt, may, like, it's just twenty pounds a tin or whatever it is. It like it means nothing. Ronda Rousey is a star. Like, if do you think anyone would care about that belt if she wasn't there? Like, if she retired now, and someone else took over, as, no one would care. You're right. No one, no one would care. Like she is the star. If you want a belt, get a just five hundred and forty-five pounds, and have a belt. Say, oh, this is the hundred and forty-five pound champion. If Ronda wins, either let her stay there, fight again, or whatever, or go just go back down to one hundred and thirty-five. And if Cyborg wins, fine. Have like there's plenty of super fights you can have, or just don't have any belt. Like the belt doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah. there's been, like people are saying, what's the point getting? Uh, cyborg into the UFC. She's in there. She's only going to have one fight. Yeah, she she's there. Like like just use her. What's wrong with having a few super fights? Like you could have her fight Ronda. You could have her fight Misha at one forty five. Misha fight their cats and gamma fight at one forty five. Like there's plenty of people that could fight her at one forty five. I'm I'm yeah. Go on. No, you finished there. Sorry. I I don't think she can make the weight. And I, uh, what's going to happen is right. She said she's going to fight at one forty in her next Invicta fight. I think she's going to miss weight at one forty. That's what I think is going to happen. And then people will have to change their minds. Yeah. That's what's like. There's nothing can be done then. I think she is going to prove like. There's no point in doing a warm up match for her because in case she loses, it's just not worth it. It's unlikely that she would, but there's no point in doing it and risking the fight. Ronda Rousey is a legacy fighter. You know, she is there to make a legacy, to make a career. Her name will go down in MMA history. That's fair enough. She is right in how she says that she doesn't have to go after Cyborg. Cyborg is the one that needs to come to her. And to be honest, if Cyborg can't make 145, 135, I'm okay with not seeing the fight. I think uh, let it happen. Let it not. Two point five million views. How could you turn down? Like well, it's making everyone anyway, millions. It's yeah, I know that's bullshit. Two and a half million views. It, it, it might do one break. million. Maybe on a very yeah. lucky, lucky day. I don't. But still, like, you're making everyone millions out of that. Like it's the biggest fight possible that you can make. I'm just looking at it from Ronda's point of view, where she is has yeah, spoke but, about legacy in the past. I would like to see the fight happen at one forty. I don't care where it happens. 
What is her legacy though? Beating up a lot of bums and retiring undefeated? People aren't going... 20 years people aren't going to talk about that there were bums. They're going to talk about Ronda Still Rousey don't. finished every single fighter ever that think... she ever fought. Yeah, they will. People in... Like, people, like, do people talk about the bums Ali bet up? Or Tyson bet up? But he fought great people as well because... Like, Ronda has fought, fought great, great people as well. Ooh. Misha's great. She's not. Come on. Oh, like, oh, like, if you... Misha's a good fighter, like, but Genial. she's nowhere near the Neville Ronda. That just shows how good Ronda is. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Her legacy. She's so much better than all these people. If Ronda, but you need a file as well. You need a file. I you can't I, be like, beaten. Bums. Fuck off, Ariel Sheehan. You don't need a file. <laughs> you do. You do. You look do at Joe not. Calzaghe. Oh my look at, god. Look at him. Go on. Throw, what else? What does Ariel always say when he goes on about a file? What are the boxing examples he always no, gives? This is this is my example. Like Joe Calzaghe is a guy who never fought anyone until like. They were both really older. The other guys were so much older than him, and like that's why he never became a big star anywhere apart from Wales. Like, look at guys like and look at Carl Froch is the exact opposite. Like he filled out Wembley Stadium. In, did you know that he had eighty thousand people in front of Wembley Stadium? I heard something because he fought like all the best in the world. Look at Gennady Golovkin. He's struggling now because none of the best in the world are fighting. When he does fight the best of the world, he's gonna go up to another level. Like. When you're talking about legacy, you need to fight someone good. And it, when you're avoiding, well, not avoiding, but when you're not fighting the only other best person in the world, it's going to hurt your legacy. 100%. The worst thing she could do to her legacy is not fight Cyborg or else lose Cyborg, which is, I think that's the bigger issue than everything else. I think uh, the worst thing she could do to her legacy is fail a drug test. Yeah. I Anderson Silva. But that's a different Key point. example. Anyway, onwards. I don't yes. have I, uh, You see I actually can't Open our Skype chat To see what we were Going to talk about Okay next. we're going to talk About the rest of UFC 190 Excellent um, As you just watched it there Preparing for the podcast Yes Damien We'll talk about Damien Maya Against uh, Neil Mann as, as a Fan yourself And uh, I'm not What A, pr- a practitioner A competitor How, how did one you One of the best who One of the best Blue belts in Ireland Thank you very much <laughs> what did you think of Damien Myers just clinic of beautiful wrestling in Jiu Jitsu he is absolutely gorgeous and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna google it here Damien Maya UFC I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my can of, of Coke Zero open away that. Sean open away I'm just trying to get the quote that he uh, that was doing the ro- doing the rounds I should say afterwards Um. I don't know if it was in his post-fight interview or if it was in the back in a scrum or something about. like that. It was about jiu-jitsu. I think I saw it on Ricardo Almeida's Instagram. Here it is. Jiu-jitsu is the only art that allows you to win a fight without hurting your opponent. I use striking techniques to open my way for submissions. My objective is not to knock anybody out. I don't want to hurt my opponents. I only want to make them tap so they can go home and train again. Damian Maya is the coolest mixed martial artist in the world. That fight... He put on an absolute clinic. Probably the best guard passer in MMA at the minute. The best top control. When he gets to any sort of dominant position, it's done. And I, I mean that in a genuine way. Similar to what Jacare said um, before about how he when he progresses to one, he doesn't go back to zero. That's what Damian Maya tries to do as well. He just once he's past the guard, he's going for the finish. Tucked him out, set his, pretty much only was hitting him so he could try to get his back. Um, what a finish. 
I especially like the way that he sets the rear naked choke up. Blocks a under, not an underhook, yeah, underhook onto Magny's wrist, pushing it down towards his hip. And then it's like, you see guys for so long, they try like, get their knuckles and get their thumbs and start like, like I'm actually doing this on myself now, but do you know like push across the throat? Sort of yeah. thing, whereas Maya just punched straight across the throat. He didn't care how it got across or where it got across. Yeah. He just wanted to get the fist across, slip the hand out from behind and then connected the hands. It was an absolutely clinical performance. He has to fight Gunnar Nelson. Forget Wonderboy. I think we're gonna we're in for a surprise. Gunnar Nelson versus Damian Maya, UFC Dublin. Oh, that'd be fucking class. Brilliant. I don't My know favorite. how the Irish fans would react to it though. I think that may be a fight you yeah. should put in Brazil. Maybe um, November seventh. Vitor Dan Henderson. Um, did you see David Saint Martin on Twitter yesterday? He was saying like if people people are kind of deluded thinking that's gonna be a jujitsu match, he thinks it's gonna be like a slap fest on the feet. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Be. I think um I think Maya's wrestling is really good. So no. But Conor Nelson's wrestling is good as well. I think someone. I think it'll go down. I think it'll eventually go down. It'd be worth it for like the, the fucking two minutes of. It'd have to go down, but then you'd also worry like same that Stacks we saw on the ground. Yeah, same that we saw with earlier parts of Damien Maya's career, like when he was going against guys that had very bad submission defense or not as good jujitsu as his. He looked great when he yeah. goes up against guys that have on par level jujitsu ability or at least stifling ability with combined with athleticism. He struggled a little bit. Two favorite parts of the fight on uh, Saturday were early in the second round when when he took Magny down. The and Magny was kind of working. The start of the round was yeah, brilliant. that was good. But see, when Magny was kind of working for the triangle, and he slipped the out Andrew of it. The Andrew McGahan triangle, the triangle <laughs> he, from bottom side. Yeah, but he slipped out of it, and like within like eight or ten seconds, he had slipped out of the triangle, was on moved his back. in, moved into half control or a half guard, and then moved into fucking mount, and like he was basically over it in. And at the end of the first round as well, see when he was kind of sitting on top of him and he was like straddling him, and Magni was in like he was in such panic that he didn't think to just like buck him off, and it looked like he was going for like the mounted triangle, but then he moved to the armbar. It was like. It was like trying a fake mounted triangle, or a, yeah, and went didn't went to the armbar at the end. He's just a fucking, he's just a genius. Like and, and like, he's very similar to Gunnar Nelson in the way like he just, like he puts his chest against your chest and he just sets everything up so slowly and like you can kind of see what he's doing, but you there's no way to stop it really because he's so good. Like he's he's passing into a half guard and into the mount, like it's just so fucking smooth. It's unbelievable to watch. He's he's brilliant. And he, um, if you want to go back to the best thing about setting something up without the other person knowing, the lateral drop on Chael Sonnen to the mounted triangle, still one of my favourite UFC submissions of all time. If we are going to talk about near submissions though, how sad was it to see Little Nog's face burning himself out for that guillotine at yeah. the end of the third round? That To me, that was actually pretty sad because... He was putting absolutely everything into it. It was Shogun just hanging on. The guillotine was actually on pretty well. You just saw, like, what a shit night for the Nogueras. Like, do you know what I mean? Two yeah. of the greatest fighters of all time. Two of the greatest well, heavyweights one, of light. One. Well, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And one light heavyweight that was in the greatest light heavyweight fight of all time. Is that all right for you? No. Okay, one of the greatest light heavyweight fights of all time. One of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And his brother, who's pretty good. Okay. 
Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway. The greatest light heavyweight fight of all time is John Jones against Alexander Gustafsson. Don't forget that. Okay, I have no problem with that. Would you agree at least? It's a great, it was a great Would fight, you yeah, agree right. at least that Shogun is the second greatest light heavyweight to ever live? No. <laughs> what? No, but... Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Well, Tito Ortiz? No. I don't know. Tito, Chuck Liddell? No. John yeah, Jones. He's up there. Number one, undisputed. Yoda Machida? No. Shogun. Shogun is obviously yeah, I agree. Two. Okay, I agree. Okay, good. I agree with you. Thank you. It was actually a better fight you than I thought it was going bitch. to be. <laughs> I did fall in. <laughs> it was like bitch last week. Anyway, uh, talk, it was a talk to me yeah, it was a better fight than I thought it would be. Um, I haven't watched it back, and I was kind of writing about it as it happened. So I found this. I didn't. I scored it for Shogun, but a lot I saw of a lot of people. Scored it for yeah. Dog. Yeah. Uh, Share Dog's live blog had it. I think two of them anyway had it for um, had it for Nogueira. The third round was the deciding round for a lot of people. I thought it was clear Shogun won that round. Yeah. Bar, bar a couple of strikes towards the end of the round and the guillotine attempt. Shogun completely won that fight and we're wondering now what's next for Shogun apparently he hurt his ankle in the fight Joe Rogan pointed it out in the broadcast it looked like a hematolin or something like that on his ankle I think it was from what? did I say that? I, I, not a hematolin <laughs> what's it called? Yeah, hematoma is it? hematoma that's it uh, where it pretty much just ballooned up I think it was from hitting Nog's elbow Shogun called out Rampage Jackson post fight Call me crazy, but it's 2015, probably 2016 before we see that fight. That's a fight that I really want to see. And I yeah, don't know why. It'd be okay, yeah, I'd watch that. Uh, look, I'm just looking at the top 15 here. That's a headline for UFC London in February. Is, there, is UFC coming Shogun. to London in February? Yeah, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, well, apparently. Allegedly, sorry. <laughs> Alleged. I, no, I think there was some rumblings about it, right? Uh, yeah, it would or a, a fight night in Brazil, but I don't like. Is Rampage? Ra but Rampage is in Bellator. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, he's a Bellator fighter. <laughs> Rampage in Bellator. Um, yeah, I'd watch that definitely. Seems like a good fight to me. Excellent. But, um, what else did you take away from UFC 190 apart from that big nog has now been offered a job? Yeah, and Stefan Struve has finally learned how to strike. Well, kind of. Well, he's learning how to strike. It was nice to see him kind of back fighting okay. Like, he he wasn't great, but... Like, I think a lot of people wrote him off because of the heart thing and all. And But, like, I, I think we need to cool the jets a little bit in seven through. Give him time to work back yeah. into what he really is. But, yeah. Big Nog was no, better Gary, than expected. Big Nog was better than expected, yeah. But he looked absolutely shot still. Like, he's just... He, he's finished as a striker and, or as a fighter and... I hope I hope he never fights again. To be honest, like he's one of the greatest ever. And um, BT Sport actually did a good thing the other day. Um, Gareth A. Davis presented it. You're you're a good friend. Um, showing all of Nogueira's all fights and like looking at him the way they showed him, kind of all in the all in a row. Kind of really, it really showed what a legend he was and like what a good fighter he was. So yeah, it's important not to get him. But what um, do you think about Nogueira retiring against Fedor Emelianenko? No thanks. Why not? I don't want to see Nogueira fight again. Have Bigfoot fight and um, Fedor. No, I don't want to see Bigfoot fight. Like I was genuinely hoping. I've never wished for a fighter to retire more in the cage after a win than Bigfoot Silva the other night. But no, instead he says, "I am back. 
this is it blah 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 i was like okay enjoy getting knocked out in your next fight against someone that can actually strike i've never seen a man wilt so much from like a punch that didn't knock him out or anything as sore palele did like we got hit with one punch i know uh, like if i get hit with that punch it'll probably kill me stone dead like but uh, stone for a stone stone. dead hey for a top top 15 ufc everywhere like to get hit like that and just like make no fight back at all he he just fucking gave up kind of in the end but um yeah other than that do you still have the moustache actually I do still have the moustache thank you very much I, I just had to go off your uh, uh, whatever you said there, but just on Soa Pileli that was the most the funniest thing in the world he genuinely was about three strikes away from TKOing uh, Bigfoot at the end of that round yeah. gassed completely <laughs> from top half guard uh, and then got absolutely creased in the second round that was like the the quickest emptying of a gas tank that I've ever seen. I Definitely. I thought of a funny tweet, but didn't want to put it up in case people are like, "That's gross, Andrew." But I I got away with it on the podcast. He is the the cardio equivalent to someone who suffers from premature ejaculation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. he got so excited at the prospect of a finish, and it's gone. <laughs> no, I like game it. over. Okay, just a couple of last things on that. Patrick Cummins was. Pretty impressive game beat Fejo. I want to see him fight Ilir Latifi maybe in Dublin and Claudia Gidelia against Jessica Aguilar. Uh, I think Gidelia really like she beat Aguilar pretty well. It was, I think it was her best performance to date. Her gas tank actually looked better than it's ever looked before. Although she wilted a little bit in the third, and I think Aguilar might have might have come close to winning it, but she didn't win it in the end. But I'm looking forward to seeing that fight against um, in Jacek. I think she. I think Jacek beats her easy to, easier the second time because she's improved so much. Um, how would you see that that fight going? Do you give her any chance? Or uh, I don't know. I think uh, like a lot of the UFC, we get caught up. A lot of people get caught up in the UFC hype machine of their champions. You could argue that Claudia won the last fight against Joanna, but since then Joanna has become one of the greatest fighters in the world. Going to clear this division and be a part of it for a long time, sort of thing. And um, while our improvement has been noticeable, I do think a rematch is going to be a lot, lot closer than people, and more so the build-up of the fight is going to give people is going to give Claudia credit for. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be good fight. I'm looking forward to it. I have good um, news. Breaking news. Go on. go on. Ulster Amateur MMA Association have launched a government-funded program for Northern Ireland in, in uh, for mixed martial arts in Northern Ireland. Very good. Historic government-funded program to pilot in Northern Ireland. The Ulster Amateur MMA Association have informed the IMMF of a historic development. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, so it's actually nothing that great. Sorry. A pilot summer camp has been funded in partnership with the Youth Forum, where youths from 11 to 18 can attend for free to learn aspects of MMA. Okay, so that's... That's a good uh, though. No, yeah, it's cool and stuff like that, but... To be honest, it's, I was expecting like something a lot cooler from the headline. That's good. Danny Core has done a lot of work uh, building the sport, in Nor- the sport of mixed martial arts in Northern Ireland. He's always um, trained kids for free in his gym. It's a non-for-profit gym and organization. So I suppose massive respect to him for all of the work that he's done for the, um, for the sport in Northern Ireland. But guess who's coming to do a seminar in Dundalk? Uh, Joseph Duffy? No. 
Someone from the north? Norman Park. Norman Park? Yeah, yeah. and I, I will go to it if I can challenge him to a roll. Definitely. He's going to judo show you. Judo hips. If I can roll with Norman, I'll pay the money for his seminar. Why wouldn't you pay the money for his seminar anyway? Because I don't like striking or mixed martial arts. Uh, I really like jiu-jitsu. I, I don't know what pussy. it is. Like, it's, a, it's a seminar like with him, so I assume there'd be striking and stuff covered. So I don't really care about that. I just show up and roll. Anyway. Nice. Speaking of people who roll, speaking of put, oh, Husamar fucking pal fucking Harris fucking. Oh. I was actually giving out to, for cursing too much in the podcast, and now I'm after ruining it again. You were I giving said, out for cursing thing. too much. Yeah, I was. By who? Apparently Graham, of course. Who else? All oh, right, yeah. Was that again recently? Ah uh, no, this was just when. Yeah, it was when we were told about. The one, okay. Yeah, the one where I said I curse. Oh yeah, the the Aldo one, but pal Harris, scumbag. What, yeah, go on. Censor. This is your uh, part as well. You're the jujitsu man. What do you think? Here's a censor. If you're if you're afraid to, if you don't want to hear us curse and give off about people like this, then tune out for the next. Actually, no, don't tune out. Keep listening. It's a great podcast. Oh, we love you all. <laughs> anyway, Rusimar Palharas, you learn on your first day of jujitsu to respect the tap. Now, I had some action. <laughs> I I don't want to sound like Dana White, but. And I don't even, goof. like, do you know the way Graham always says, don't even reply to these people because you're giving them exposure. People will then find out who they are. Like, no. Yeah. Who is London brawling on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Is it a troll account? I genuinely think it is just someone who, who reps, like, one of them, oh, I'm so funny, UK MMA Twitter accounts, like, that makes jokes about Benin Dean, and it's probably some of those guys, like, do you know? Yeah. Do you know what was it? Aaron Hodges or something? I don't know, whoever it was. Aaron Hodges is great. Uh, Aaron so, Hodges like, I just said yesterday, I would love to interview Pal Harris and ask him what happened to him. Like, was he bullied as a child that turned him into such a dick that he is today? Like, he's an absolute scumbag. Oh, he worked his entire childhood. He endured a level of poverty you haven't an idea about. He ate animal food to survive. He's a simpleton and, he's too, and it's too simplistic to say he's an evil man who's trying to hurt people. An example would be how he hugs people too aggressively. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, So, well, my, my, that's my a, luck That's a fine argument. That's a, that's a fine argument. If that's yeah, true, fair no, he shouldn't be fighting true. in MMA. Yeah, he shouldn't exactly. be fighting in MMA. Fuck that. He's going to hurt someone. Like. He's obviously, by, by this person's logic, don't even bother debating with me. Because by your logic, this guy is mentally insecure. So he yeah. shouldn't be allowed to compete in mixed martial arts. If he isn't aware of what his actions are doing and what consequences they cause, he shouldn't be allowed to compete. Yeah. Like, I said it there the other day. I called for him to be banned for two years. I think that would be a start. But someone replied to me and they made a great point that, like, he, he like I said, he needs to kick up the arse to, like, something to change his ways. But uh, people were saying, like, he's already had it. Like, the, he's had... I think he's had money taken from the commission. They obviously, he got caught by the UFC. Lost a lot of money that way. Like he's had three or four kicks up the arse. Other things have happened. I can't remember now. But there's something in the ADCC as well. Wasn't yeah. he part the guy? Like this, this can't keep going on. He's done it to Mike Pierce. He Jake Shields now. I, like I don't want to see him fighting in MMA anymore. Like a two-year ban would be the start. But if he got banned for life, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad and I, it's a pity because I love watching him fight he's one of my favourite fighters to watch fight he's the most dangerous submission artist in the whole, in the world he's fucking excellent he's an excellent fighter but this shit can't go on like you just saw John Cavanaugh tweet about it he said if he was in my gym he'd get expelled 
and I think he needs to be expelled from MMA. It, like this, this can't go on. I know people like people send the argument, oh, someone's going to get hurt. This is MMA. People get hurt, but he's hurting them in a dirty way. In a way, he's that, hurting like, them after they've already given up. Exactly. That's why the tap is there, like it's so you don't get hurt. So you can cry, uncle. So look, the fight is over. I don't want like I'll I'll fight another day. It's it's like throwing in the towel or whatever. On he that, just doesn't respect that. It's it's uh, he maddens me. I just Fucking. just to save getting a message from the nicest man in the UK MMA, Ian Dean. I'm not saying that he's a party account or anything like that, or riffing the piss or uh, does shit like that on social media. Um, because I know I said because a lot of people used to joke that Ian Dean was actually Aaron Hodges on Twitter and that Ian it was it was Brad Wharton was it <laughs> no but the people used to always say it about him yeah he used to say it was Bradarine so that's the only reason I threw Ian's name in there so nobody jumped down my throat uh, when this podcast gets released but on that and Pal Harris just the ta- like as I was saying your first day of Jiu Jitsu you learn about the tap do you know what I mean you respect the tap. The yeah. fact that we're completely ignoring the fact that he eye gouged Jake Shields. Did you see the yeah, picture that of Jake well. Shields' face afterwards? Yeah, it was disgusting. That was ridiculous. Now, of course, uh, Kaposa, Grabka Hitman, had some great tweets up being like, oh, Jake Shields doesn't like eye pokes, huh? And then it was a couple of different pictures of Shields poking George St. Pierre during his fight. But none were but as these deliberate. weren't eye pokes like. no these, these were, were like, r- like face rakes like you know what I mean that come to the eye yeah. like really really bad and then the pointing thing about all of this right Rusamar Harris guaranteed himself submission of the year if not eternity at the weekend that was such a nice submission such a break. beautiful setup off a single leg sorry hit the Kimura trap sequence then swept him and then just had to be a dickhead and hold on to the submission for a couple of seconds for three seconds longer and I don't want to come across as this sort of self-righteous praising type of person that will say to you you don't actually train bro so you can't understand that this uh, is a scumbag move and stuff like that because to be honest Steve Mazzagatti is a little bit to blame as well in this okay so that's uh, like aside from that I'm not going to preach and say like you don't understand jiu-jitsu man you need to realize that one second two second three second can be a really long time to hold on to an injury I'm not that type of person I'd like to think that people can cop on that a tap means a tap and you shouldn't have to go on any longer or anything like that but from that point of view it's like Pal Harris Pal Harris is going by the letter of the law that the referee has to kind of pull him off it do you know what I mean but Steve I know the that. referee doesn't have to pull you off like when he says stop you're supposed to stop you're supposed to stop I know yeah. that and Jake Shields completely right to throw a dig at him afterwards yeah he was right he sh- it's a pity fucking Nick and Diaz didn't get into the Morgan. cage and beat the yeah. shit out of him well you at see least they were he... already ejected from the uh, from the arena that <laughs> they, that's it someone yeah. tried to get in anyway yeah Gilbert <laughs> Melendez tried to storm the cage from the corner I think <laughs> what a man Oh, lads. Anyway, enough about Rusamar Pal Harris. Give, give him fucking Hector Lombard again. Teach him a lesson. Give That's him what he Damian needs. Maya. Jesus, yeah. But, oh, Jesus. I, oh, why'd you say that now? I really want to say, see that fight. That'd Fuck be a it. great fight. And then uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission have withheld his bonus. And World Series of Fighting may end up cutting him. Yeah. Yeah, um, to be honest, I saw that they said they'd make an announcement today or tomorrow. I want to see him fight Ben Askren in Malaysia yeah. or something like that. Me too. But I want to see him fight so many people, but I don't want to see him fight as well. It's it, it, like it's such a conundrum. 
Ah, oh, fuck him anyway. Fuck you, Husamara. Why are you so good and yet so bad? Would you like to hear um hear an he'd interesting? Husamara Pal Harris would make uh, Taylor Swift a great boyfriend, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Why? He definitely would. Because like. He looks so like he's so aesthetically good on the uh, like on the outside oh, and so many good boy. things, but then he's a yeah, bad boy yeah, inside. Like that could yeah. be her new album. Like it, she, yeah. you could pretty much write a new Taylor Swift album if she went out with Rusma Palharis for a year. Definitely, that's unbelievable. Here's a good uh, good sub fact for you that just came up on my Twitter. Go on. Borussia Dortmund are decreasing their stadium internet speed during gameplay to encourage fans' attention. I'll, Borussia Dortmund are a great club, in fairness. Anyway. Uh, we've a lot of fucking things to do, so we better get into it. Um, Carl Pinterest. He's fighting Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze. Just announced Steve, severe MMA, is the happiest man in the world right now. He's been looking for this fight for at least four years. It's a good fight, I think. Uh, obviously, it's going to be on in Dublin, if you haven't heard. Um, there was like more a- Dublin fights announced as well. Was there? Scott, Scott Askham is fighting someone. Jatko, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Really. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, the Irish fans will be going for pints during that one. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Askham was good, though, in fairness. He's a good yeah, fighter. And he brings great fans. Yeah. The um, Scott Askham's Barney Army. But this injured fight, obviously, you yourself and Steve have been going back and forth over the last few years. You you said you're kind of on Carl's side. He's on. Um... Are you still there? Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought you were in the weather. Can you still hear me? Yes, I hear you perfectly. Oh, yeah. My mic yeah. fell, to be honest. Oh, That's that what it. the noise was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think this is a pretty even fight. Um, I was talking there on Periscope before we came on about, like a few years ago, I think, uh, what's his name, Breeze, was, he was kind of, he was a lot more athletic, and I don't know if that's the word, but since he's gone to TriStar, he's become more of a, um, he's kind of become more of a guy who will like, stand in the pocket and throw his shots, rather than like, you know, jump into the shots and stuff like that. And I think that might that might help Cahal a bit, but it's it's still a very tough fight. He we saw in his last fight, even though it wasn't the most impressive display ever. He got did he get in? I think he knocked the guy out or he knocked him down anyway. He's uh like you can't fuck with his hands. It's very good, but I'm sure Cahal like Tom Breeze's only been back to MMA what a year now at this stage. He after two years out doesn't have that long back in the cage like Kyle has a shitload of cage experience over the last year or two and I'm sure he'd be trying to put that to good use and with the Dublin crowd buying him as well here's, like, a, here's a better one a even fight. Go on. Joseph Duffy still hadn't even fought this time last year either Jesus. so that's not this, I'm not saying that's not a valid point I think that yeah. this fight for Pendred is actually going to be pretty tough because Breeze yeah, has been out in TriStar he's going to be con- like constantly improving over there Cahill on the other hand not that he hasn't been improving but I think it's going to be playing on his head to put a massive performance in in Dublin you know because that was where he got such a great performance against Mike King do you know what I mean he's going back to the place that got him an excellent UFC debut he may feel there's a little bit of pressure on him maybe to replicate it and it could be anything like that so to be honest for me this fight for Cahill could go into dodgy waters and then not like just to just to throw a spanner into the works, you know, to look at it from a different point of view. How much time has guys like Cull or Ashling got to spend with John Kavanagh this year? Yeah, that, that's very true. Yeah, and Paddy Hoolan as well. Paddy as well. Like, I think this is a factor that needs to be looked at. And now you would assume there's a clear run of um, of John being able to work with these guys for UFC Dublin. But then Paul Dollery 
the best dressed man in Irish MMA, comes out with the news yesterday that John Kavanagh is going to be going to Bahrain uh, to work under the fifth yeah. son of the Prince of Bahrain. You got a setting. question about that, yeah? Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, about we'll that. talk about it. But you yeah. know, that's John's going to be over in the yeah, Middle definitely. East now as well. So guys are getting ready for UFC Dublin while John's over there. Um, the same way like the sheep behind ADCC he, he flies the best grapplers in the world into his house just to train with him like Henzo Gracie the Miao brothers the Mendez brothers all of these guys get flown over to Abu Dhabi to train with him these guys have more money to burn you know it was it was a family I think that was behind Cage Warriors you know like that was just pumping money into Cage Warriors for so long like rich businessmen that see this as play things and like maybe guys like Cahill need John there all the time like he did the camp in Mexico by himself like I'm not saying that they're not able to do it externally do you know what I mean they don't all need to be in the same place at the one time because Carl had great training partners with him out there he had Gunner he had um, the wrestler who I'm looking forward to seeing fight uh, is it Barriado I don't know the Argentinian yeah, guy like he's SPG. one of the guys from SPG Manchester yeah. as well uh, Matt Inman Chris Fields yeah. Peter Queeley like he had great great training partners out there I'd just like to see them all be able to work together. So this UFC Dublin, more so for the Irish fighters than anything, is as successful as the last one. Because you yeah, don't want could. to turn into Sweden. Remember, Sweden had a great yeah. debut in the UFC. Exactly, and then all of point. the fighters yeah. got absolutely rinsed at the last card. Yeah. Um, I think it could be actually, a, now that you mentioned that, it could be a plus point that he does get to work with John Kavanaugh like more coming up to this fight than he did in his last fight. I'm not sure the exact details. I know we talk about it later on, but of that deal with the is it Abu Dhabi or wherever it is. But yeah, I I think it could, it could work. It could work uh, in his favor maybe that he doesn't get to work on him more. But speaking of the Dublin card as well, um, Paul Redmond's. Do you think like there's I saw a lot of people tweeting about it and stuff. That do you think he'll get another chance or I I think he deserves another chance to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, Maybe I I don't from what I've heard. He hasn't been cut. So we look at it that way. I think he would have known by now if he was going to be cut from the UFC. Yeah. And you wouldn't like him to be the first guy to be cut considering he, he has never gotten the chance to really show himself. Like he was winning the Whiteford fight. Definitely, up, yeah. up to the point of getting caught. He was just caught. Now whether it was the rehydration thing, too much weight cutting thing, would he been able to take that punch at 155? Who knows? None of us can actually answer that. We can just speculate on it. But Paul Redmond hasn't got to show himself in the UFC at all yet hasn't got to show the improvements that he's made you talk to the guys that he's training with the guys that he's in there at the gym every day with to say a comp- he would wreck Paul Redmond from the Cage Warriors days and it's maybe 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 I remember Ian Dean I think it was you brought it up Ian Dean said a while ago after the Dublin fight this time last year that he'd like to see Reds or maybe fight three more times in Europe before he got to the UFC and maybe in hindsight it wasn't the worst call in the world but when the UFC comes calling you kind of have to answer the call or you could risk maybe not getting a second chance for a couple of years so I definitely think he took the right idea but him there is absolutely no reason why Paul Redmond shouldn't be um, opening the card at UFC Dublin yeah I agree I I, I don't see why and if if you're an Irish fan you know there are rumours that there's only going to be maybe four or five Irish people fighting on this card out of the eight Irish fighters with no one else being signed for the card maybe you're like if you're an Irish MMA fan you're listening to this podcast now you want to see as many Irish based fighters on the card tweet them tweet Sean Shelby tweet the UFC UK tweet UFC tweet Dana White say you want Paul Redmond on this card say you want Paddy Houlihan on this card 
Do you know what I mean? Carl Pendred's already there. Joseph Duffy's already there. You know, we want the most exciting fighters, Irish fighters on this card. Those guys come straight to mind. Like They're the ones yeah. that you need on the card. You need Redzer. You need Paddy. Do you know what I mean? You need Cahill. You need, like, give Philip Peter a fight at UFC Dublin, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It'll be the best fight of the night. Oh. But I think Redzer as well, like, he's two fights so far, like, his first fight, we know about the weight issues and everything, and it was against Mirsal Bektic, the best prospect in the whole UFC in my opinion and his second fight in in the absolute lion's din over in Scotland against the first Scottish guy to ever fight in the UFC like that, that's a tough fight I think he deserves not an easy fight in Dublin but like a fight in his own backyard where he's able to you know where he's able to have at least something like behind his back when he's going into the fight not, not to be fighting kind of off the back foot from the start because of the crowd and because of the weight or whatever like I think he deserves that opportunity and um, he deserves to have the same advantage that Whiteford had going into exactly, the last fight yeah, exactly like we saw Paddy Hoolan had it and then Chris Kalidis had it afterwards so I think um, it works the other way around for Paul Redmond he should uh, get it as well anyway before we get to next week's card just on Irish MMA as well what did you t- <laughs> what did you think of John Kavanagh on uh, TV3 with that oh, fucking idiot of a hila- politician hilarious well then again Maybe that man... Uh, he's not a politician. He's a journalist. Oh, is he not? He's oh, a sports oh, he's, journalist. He's a sports journalist? Yes, what? He was a sports journalist. Now I thought he was a politician. Now he's a travel journalist with uh, 28,000 fake followers on Twitter that he bought himself. I was like, oh, how to discredit someone immediately. And it's like, yeah, most of your followers are fake, mate. I was like, that is absolutely embarrassing. But uh, the one thing I will take out of it, John Kavanagh handled himself incredibly well. Tom McGuirk, embarrassing as a presenter. He was yep. supposed to be a mediator, not give his own opinion on everything. Complete loaded facts. And this is TV3 logic. This is what annoys me the most. Conor McGregor, the UFC replays on 3E are doing some of the station's highest figures of the year. Do you know what I mean? They're peaking at some of the biggest numbers they're ever doing. Joseph Duffy was on Ireland AM that morning uh, exclusively announcing the fact that he was going to be headlining UFC Dublin against Dustin Poirier. Later on that evening, TV3 Logic, hmm, let's try to disparage the sport that's bringing us in some of our massive numbers and is going to be and it is the talking point of the country. We've got one of the best athletes in the in the sport hailing from Ireland in Conor McGregor. Let's try sully his name and throw the sport under the bush and embarrass his coach on national I television. I don't think that's necessarily okay. It's bad fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Coach on. But if you, it's fair enough. Have something negative, but at least have it fair. Like, yeah, it was do just it fair. bullshit the like, way they did it. Your man had no fucking clue what he was talking have, about. Have figures. Have stats. Don't be Tom McGuirk acting like he knows nothing about it and was just given these. He, do, he does. Mm, well. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, what about like? Tell me who's been banned and had their license revoked. Shit like that. It is absolutely. It was embarrassing. It was absolutely. Parry was done as soon as he said the when John schooled him about the eye gouges. Like eye gouges have never been legal. And he, your man you just, just kind of like sat back like like a meme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sat back. Uh, you'd wonder who you'd wonder where they got him. Like, oh, who knows? Nobody else. Pro- like a- everybody else. Any respect, actually, do you know why? Probably because Miguel Delaney was too scared to go on television to go against John Kavanagh. He would have got absolutely destroyed. Is Miguel Delaney the guy I'm thinking of? No, who's the other guy? The yeah. guy that did the uh, article on Conor. Ewan McKenna. Ewan McKenna. Put him on national telly against John Kavanagh. Please, that'd be so funny. 
John would destroy him. And it's because all of these guys know, deep down, mixed martial arts, legitimate sport, exciting, it's taking the country by storm, forget about the rest of that. You just need someone who's an idiot that's willing to go on and actually debate that it isn't because they think it is. McKenna knew he'd be embarrassed on television. Delaney knew they'd be embarrassed on television. That's why none of those boys, that's why no one respectable, credible, that has spoke out on it on the past was available for the talk. I think there's a, like, there's an argument to say it's not a sport, per se, but there's no argument to say it's not legitimate. Like. Yeah, completely. The argument that it's not a sport comes from, like, the fact that matchmaking is done by, like, one person or, like, a group of people exactly. and stuff. And, well, like, it's not meritorious. It. Yeah, look at, look at it in Ireland, then. You can say it's a sport in Ireland because amateur MMA, yeah. you know, people don't care. It's just matchups. It's done by who people want to fight who. It's not done by who's going to bring more uh, interest in or pay-per-view buys in. I can completely understand that, that the UFC looks a little bit like a circus and the way that they do it. But to call it fake, this isn't the real yeah. deal. This is wrestling. and st- I was like, go away. Like, please stop. Oh! <laughs> Fuck it. Okay, next week's card, we'll just kid on this small bit because no one gives There's a shit. There's a card next week. Yeah, uh, we we look we'll do our picks because I'm not doing my picks. I don't even know there's a, who's fighting. I, I'll, call it out, I'll call Sean, it out. I'll call him out. We'll do our picks. You're worrying me. Glover Teixeira versus OSP. What? Yeah. OSP. Me too. Michael Johnson versus Benil Dariush. Oh, that's some fight. Uh, Benil Dariush, maybe. I'm like, me too. Yeah, this is boring if we're gonna be the same. Uh, Derek Brunson and Sam Alvey. Derek Bronson. I'll go with Sam Alvey, so fuck it. Uh, Jared Rashall. Sean, look, I'm just going to say to people that are <laughs> listening listening to this, they don't care. No, like, nobody gives a shit. I think we just move on to questions there. We move on to questions. Go on yourself. There, like, look, I'm telling you now, a substandard UFC card like this, there's a lot of other podcasts you can listen to out there for in-depth, boring analysis of yeah. why um, Derek... Go listen to them, man. Yeah. Okay, questions. Uh, we, we were not going to hit there so we might as well talk about it now we, it's from Jack Durgis who I believe is an actor he's in he's in Humans do you know that show? I don't but it's go on, on it's on E4 or something um, and he's a fan of the podcast he is yeah and he's, he follows me on Twitter he's he's a great man he's always tagged, asking questions did I get tagged in this tweet? no it's just me uh. um, John Cavan had taken over as Habib as a fighter with Habib in a new team He's talking, he says, asks about conflict of interest. Oh, about I saw camp. that fight. Oh, yeah. is it about a potential Conor McGregor-Khabib fight, is it? I think that's what he's getting at, yeah. yeah. Um, to be honest, we're not going to know anything about this until uh, John does an interview after the press conference that's been held in Bahrain. It seems to me, it just stinks of John Kavanagh getting, and I don't mean stinks of, but looking at it from the outside, John is getting paid handsomely to be involved in this and he's getting resources for his team and his fighters to be able to improve them as better martial artists because I know James Gallagher and Franz Malambo are going to be flown out as well I don't think it's going to be any similar to what Ben Askren does with Evolve you know he does the start of the camp or the end of the camp in Evolve the rest of it's done in Rufus Sport and uh, Ben gets paid handsomely for it for being a part of the Evolve team in China I think he gets between five he gets something like five grand a month or maybe 10 grand a month as well as everything paid for when he's over there just for doing his training there so there's obviously that side of it uh, it's going to help John like Khabib that will Khabib will be Ben Askren in this situation you know he might do the training over there but come back also 
it's a good avenue for a lot of Khabib, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's teammates. You know the way that we spoke about the, these Dagestani boys that are going to be coming into the UFC um, in the next couple of years. This is going to be their chance to get uh, training. You know, maybe yeah. they're going to be brought over, paid for all of that sort of stuff. They're getting to learn under John, and then maybe head over to the states with Khabib. I think it's going to work out pretty well for the for everybody considered, but. It just goes to show that John Kavanagh is a man in demand. We did speak before about maybe fighters looking at John, take John in as a, in as a coach, get him in their corner, same way as some of them do with Greg Jackson for game plans and stuff like that. But then it just kind of went a step higher than that. It's Instead of that, a fighter looking for you, it's like the fifth son of the Prince of Bahrain. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit better than a three and three and one UFC fighter looking to enlist your services as a head coach. Yeah, we, like... I don't think full details are out about it yet how it's going to work or anything so I suppose uh, we'll play, get plenty of time to talk about it anyway but um, uh, question there from Dan Dan's Nobly on Twitter um, when a fighter pulls off and then expect to move to win a fight and they say I drilled that in camp how true do you think it is? Give me an example because I, I, I 100% believe someone like Ben Saunders practices omoplatas Dead yeah. Orchard, Rubber Guard, all of that, Ten Planet stuff. Hundred percent believe that. When you were talking to Joseph Duffy during the week, didn't he say he didn't practice it? Yeah, he said kind of the opposite. I, a, I'd say a lot of that kind of happens as well. John Jones used to say that as well. Yeah, I think that. Like, I just was asking Duffy that as as a as a almost as a piss takey thing, being like, "Oh, John Cavanaugh taught you that, did he?" Because Gunner had done it <laughs> in a video. You asked my question him as well. It was great. I did. Fair play. What was your question? Um, he got the headline quicker than Conor oh, McGregor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? I actually during the interview I was thinking, what was Sean's question? What was Sean's question? Because fun fact, <laughs> Sean, as you know, I don't really plan any questions for any interview that I ever do. It's just uh, I have maybe one or two key things that I want to bring up at certain points, and the yeah. rest of it is just a conversation based off his reactions and his replies. But I was in my head, I was scrambling, I was thinking, what was Sean looking for? What was Sean looking for? What was Sean looking for? Headline UFC Dublin. So it just kind of came out straight away. As soon as I remembered, I just skipped onto it um, in case I'd forgotten it at a later point. But um, what was the... Oh, yeah. Uh, planning moves in, in a training camp. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest. I think it's... When fighters say that, you have to wor- you have to wonder if they're talking shit or not. Yeah, it's hard to know. I think Duffy's thing was a reactionary thing. Do you know, once, like, speaking from a point of view of jiu-jitsu, when you get to a level of consistency in your training and um, that you've been hitting the same move a lot of times, yeah, it just kind of clicks naturally. Not that it clicks naturally, but you see the opening before it comes. I'd say Duffy more than likely knows the concept and the fundamentals of the triangle position and choke very, very well, even though it was the tr- an armbar that submitted him. So it's like once you're in any position, whether it's top, bottom, or bottom side or top side, and you feel like there's an arm isolated and you can get a leg across, then you're going to try for the triangle and then set up something else if you can get it. So I think that was more a case of that. But when you hear fighters say that they worked on something specifically in a camp, if, if you've worked on it so much, like Eddie Bravo's talked about this before, his coach John Jack Machado at tournaments used to say, he's going to armbar your student and it's going to be on his right side. And that would put more pressure on Eddie. The other guy knew it was coming and Eddie Bravo would still do it. Yeah. You know, if you're so confident in something you've been working on during the camp, be an absolute alpha male and tell him beforehand exactly what you're going to submit him with or catch him with. 
Yeah, I agree. I like it. Okay, next question. Uh, Kev Cashman. How big is World Series of Fighting now slash becoming and where does it stand in comparison to Bellator and the other promotions? Isn't, I World, think... isn't World Series of Fighting dead? Like, well, obviously they're not, but a lot of, like, wasn't there a lot of talk last year that they were pretty much done? Yeah. Apparently, it's, is it CBS that they're with in the States or NBC? Yeah. Who who decided it was a good idea to put Jake and Palharis up against Ronda Rousey? I genuinely think they put cards on at the same time as UFC, so people will turn on the station and think it's the UFC and keep watching it, or they'll see MMA on their fucking TV yeah, guide and just assume that. Yeah, I genuinely think that's that's their plan, and it, like I'd say, that probably works pretty well for them. Um, I think they're actually like, I think they can put on at the top level. Fights that are just as good as Bellator. Like, do Bellator have a fight as good as Husamar Palaris against Jake Shields? Anywhere? No. no, I don't think they really do. Um, like Liam McGeary against Phil Davis is a good fight, but I don't think that I don't think it's as good as those. Uh, I think Marlon Moraes is very good. They have a couple of more guys. Yeah, I think at the very at the very top, they have some fighters who are like maybe top ten in the world, barring on that. So I think, like, I think they're pretty good, but under that, then they don't really have much. I wouldn't, I like, I'd say they're probably hemorrhaging money. They can't be making money. Um, so, yeah, they're, uh, they're a good promotion. You kind of need someone like them as well when, when for guys who really kind of don't want to go to Bellator, who want to make their way back to the UFC. So yeah, they're. Yeah. That's the place for them. Exactly. Um, okay, we got a couple more. Uh, when does Holly Holm face Rousey, and what's Holm's next fight before Rousey? From JJ Mills on Twitter. I really like JJ Mills. Me too. She's great. Wait. She? What? Yeah, she. Who's 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 the, is that the guy? Well, I'm gonna start the same guy. <laughs> is that the girl that has? I'm gonna work PR for the UFC one yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a kid. No. What? <laughs> Not a girl. I'm very sorry, JJ. I don't know why. I just always thought you were a child. A child? What? <laughs> Wait, no, I'm definitely getting confused. Uh, who's the guy that has the website MMA Junior? Oh, yeah, that's Nick Nick Baldwin or something? Yeah, yeah, I know. He always pops up on my Twitter. That's the guy I'm thinking of. I'm very sorry about that. I just remember, I remember, I followed JJ Mills the other day and I remembered her bio and I got her confused with uh, MMA Junior. Okay, enough yeah. of that. Holly Holm, I'm not convinced. I like fair enough. World class boxer. No, sorry, take that back completely. That was. Oh, she is though. I, I perp world class boxer in the case of a mixed martial artist. Yeah. Um, but let's just get into it. Ronda Rousey gets anywhere near her. She's been dropped on her head. Yeah. And even then, her boxing for me. Look at someone like Joseph Duffy. How good his boxing is now in MMA. Look at someone like Holly Holm. And it's like, what has happened? I think Holly Holm could last longer against Ronda Rousey than anyone else. In Com- completely. Though. And that's only out of fear. Ronda might have a fear of how good her striking would be. I don't think that is. I think it's because Holm's distance control is very good. Like, uh, very good in the way that she can keep her distance. Not very good in where she actually stays in distance. I think Ronda, like, Ronda does... I'm saying... Okay. Ronda's an expert at closing the distance, so maybe she, she'd get know, caught that, while that's, that's closing an, the distance. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup. Like that, Holly Holm is so good at keeping distance, and Ronda is so good at closing the distance. But I think I think she might be able to t- 
take her around or something if she doesn't get thrown in her head. I, like, if she works hard enough, she's probably been working on her already. She knows where she's going. Like, huh. yeah, so, hmm. um, I'm, I might end up fighting Ronda Rousey one day. <laughs> what should yeah. I train? I think they should make that fight sooner than later, to be honest. These people saying um, that they need to do it slow with Holly Holm. I don't think they do. I don't think she's going to get any better, to be honest. I think she is what she is now. I know she hasn't been in May that long, but she's not getting any younger. And uh, yeah, just throw her in there. Okay. Might as well. Might as well. Um, any more over the top do. interesting questions? One second. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh yeah, we had a couple of questions. We won there. I see from Harry English, and a couple more people asked. Dallas or Dallas or Vegas? Where would you rather have the the fight? Will Martin asked as well, a good friend of the podcast. Would you have rather have it in Dallas or Vegas, the McGregor Aldo fight? And where would it benefit the fans to have it more? Texas forever. I agree. Clear eyes. Full heart. Can't lose. I'm gonna meet Coach Taylor. Put it that way. We're going to Texas. I don't care. Did you see what I put on my Facebook page the other day? Maybe. It's, what was it? It's played in cinemas in Texas uh, as a turn off your mobile phone ads. It's Coach Taylor giving a speech to his players, getting them ready for state, and then like chatter and mobile phone noises start going over him, and then it, the camera pans around and all the people are like on their phones. He's like, shut up, I'm trying to talk. It's, it's actually quite good. It's much better than... Uh, the stuff that we used to get in Ireland. What yeah. was it? Uh, let's all go to the lobby. Was that it? No. What was the thing that used to be played in Irish cinemas to turn your phone off? So, yeah, it was like a Vodafone one or something. Yeah, it was a Vodafone, but, but I can't think yeah. of it. Ugh. Do you know what I used to love to do when I was I like what fucking was. 15? Sorry, what? it was... Uh... Oh, yeah, that was it. I used to love when I was like 15 in the cinema and they put on that message like before they used to have just like please turn off your mobile phone I used to love put my phone ringing just after <laughs> after the message you're a baller I remember what it is now Sean I remember what it is Dano oh yeah that was it yeah Dano Irish cinema it's coming back to me yeah fuck it oh how do you Dano Irish I just remember that for some reason it Go was on, oh my god what was it with his phone like I can't even wasn't he walking or something like that Dano to air on TG Cahar on October 19th oh, no this is this is annoying me I remember watching so someone much. someone tweet us someone tweet us and tell us we're listening to this uh, Dano remember, Irish yeah. cinema ad beforehand he oh. probably oh isn't on the internet oh my god this is yeah I doubt it's actually on the internet yeah. anywhere like I, v- I vaguely remember it now that you say it I'm delighted that I, I got I remember that because I was forgetting about it yeah. anyway the question call me stupid call me an idiot call it the fact that I absolutely don't like Las Vegas I want to go to Texas you're a stupid idiot why you taught me to call you a stupid idiot alright okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> completely forgot there anyway I do think I agree though yeah I just think there's something about it the me- like, first of all, a little bit shocked that Ken Velasquez is getting the immediate rematch. If it does, well, if it does yeah, go if ahead, that, but I'm not shocked because if it's in Vegas, that's a good sign for it be, or in Dallas. That's a good sign for it being in Dallas because there's so many Mexican people in 
Texas, they need a Mexican name on the card and Cain yeah. Velasquez to fit that bill. And it's also uh, apparently pretty, it's easier to get to Texas than Vegas. Is that yeah, true? Like, um, I no, it's not. No, Texas uh, is the southeast, isn't it? I, I heard Front Row Brian saying that, I think, but it's actually not. It's the same. You need two flights to get to both places, so it's the same. It makes no difference, really. Well, then. The flights, are, flights are actually cheaper to Texas as well. If you want to be pedantic as well, if you want to talk about Irish fans that are going to make the trip regardless, I think a trip before Christmas is a little bit better than a trip just after Christmas, financially, for a lot of people. Yeah, probably. Because you're not missing out on work over Christmas. Maybe some people work overtime. Maybe they'll get holiday pay at Christmas hours. Like I know a friend of mine who's working today is getting 24 euro an hour in Lidl. Sweet. 25 euro an hour. Because it's a bank holiday. So there's stuff like that. I'd say there's Christmas hours like that for a lot of people. Maybe if they could get away at the start of December, they have the whole Christmas shift then to start working and they'll make some money back. So... If I'm looking at it from a point of view that I'm an Irish fan that's going to be spending money to see Conor McGregor unify his world title, yeah, I, I'd rather go to Dallas, to be honest. Me too, me too. Okay, last question. Um, but, that, sorry, best, best case scenario, right? Yeah. Let me pitch it to you. Jose Aldo gets injured again. Conor McGregor uh, becomes the full champion, uh, fights anybody, wherever, in Vegas, J- January 2nd then fights Aldo at UFC 200 next summer. In Dublin, Crop Park? No, UFC 200 in the MGM, the new MGM arena, 20,000-seater arena. I don't mind that. No, 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 fuck that. So I actually asked that, should Frankie Edgar be preparing for the fight? Oh, yeah. Completely. If you think Frankie Edgar won't be ready for that fight... Should the UFC pay him to be ready, like... Um, I think I think just that, put him I on think the card. Yeah, I think I genuinely think they'll have him ready anyway. There's no way that they're gonna um go into this the same way as the last time. Do you know what I mean? Someone will be ready. Frankie will be ready. Chad Mendes will probably be training himself as well. Like, who knows? Yeah, I agree. Okay, we leave it there. Oh, okay. <sighs> Fair enough. An hour and eighteen minutes, give or take, before I edit this down of listening enjoyment in the book Sean Sheehan is going on the drink for the next couple of days he's uninstalling Twitter off his phone fact for the next couple of days he is disconnecting himself from the matrix personally I think it's a lie he'll be back sooner than ever tweeting away giving his opinions I'll I'll probably come on my laptop maybe one today or maybe at night just to check check. in case anyone needs me huh you should come on steaming drunk like Steaming drunk? Yeah. Uh, Graham would be fucking ringing me. There. What the fuck are you doing? What Why do you put on the line? Why do you put on the line? Why do you say yeah. that about those people? Fucking so tell me, is there any other planned activities than just getting hammered? Any other news that you want to share with us? Give us yeah. some gossip before we go. Cause Premier, Premier League is starting this weekend. Fucking oh, so it is. Can't wait. Man United and Batman. Ah, don't I have any other to gossip. admit. I have to admit. Yeah. This last year, I've fallen a little bit out of love with football. But... I'm not going to let this season pass, pass, I should say, without getting myself back into it. I've, I love soccer more now and other sports more because I, like, I'm so entrenched in MMA and stuff. It makes me appreciate them more because I can just enjoy them. Like, it's harder to enjoy MMA now because like, I have to be thinking about it and stuff all the time. And, I, and you have to I, watch so much of it. Like. Yeah, I, you kind of get sick of it. Like, watch Man United match, maybe a Chelsea or Arsenal match, two games a week, that's fine. Like, It's great. I actually find it hard. Yeah, I find it hard to watch a football match if I don't have an investment in it. 
Yeah, me too a bit. But uh, I don't mind. Yeah, I, that's why it's good to bet. Back to my first call. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not gonna uh, be just telling people just bet on football. Oh, like, last week, we, last week you and me told people to bet on Ronda Rousey to win yeah, by a and I didn't did. even do it myself. I did it. Fair play, idiot. I, I didn't won. even do it. I was an I'm an absolute disgrace. Like, like I should be betting a lot more, but I figure whenever I bet on something, I jinx it. Like, me too. I get. I'm I too greedy what, as well. Before we go, I'll tell you. I was on a forum a couple of years ago. It was called Let'sBet.ie, and someone gave a tip about a potential um, St. Pat's Athletic versus Derry a couple of years ago. That the Derry players hadn't been paid in four weeks, and that they weren't gonna play. The squad weren't going to play. So the backs and Pats Athletic. However, at the 11th hour, the wages came through. And they were able to field a strong team as opposed to youths. And I had put €50 on it. Now, this is when I had just started working. And €50 seemed like a lot of money to me at the time. And St. Pats Athletic lost. And since then, I haven't been able to stomach putting a decent-sized bet on on anything. Because I'm just like, why waste the money like... I know, like, I would rather throw a fiver on and maybe try win five hundred on a stupid accu- on, a, on a stupid accumulator than yeah. put two hundred and fifty on an even shot or something like that just Indeed, to win another two hundred and fifty. I put fifty euro on Michael Chiesa to beat Hardhead Masvidal that time, and he he knocked him down the first round. It was nearly over, and then fucking Masvidal won. I lost. Well, that's I, I, the the largest bet I think that I've put on, and I don't like I wouldn't brag about money or anything like that. I put forty euro on Conor McGregor to win by knockout in his first match against Marcus Brimage because the odds were something stupid. They were ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were very, very good odds. So that the, uh, the that biggest bet I ever put on was I was at the races. I think was it in Limerick or Tralee? I'm not sure, but I had like sixty six euro or something left at the end of the day, and I put it all in one. Put it on number four <laughs> and last, last. But did you see some guy tweeted me there and on Saturday? He put 1,200 euro on Ronda Rousey to win just straight up and won 100 euro. Like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? 1,200 euro? I'm like, I, I, I was anxious. I was fucking anxious looking at that. I was like, why would you do that? Why are you so stupid? I heard someone put 25 grand on Bayern Munich against Wolfsburg the other day. And Lord Nicholas Bentner won, uh, oh, won yeah, the match. I, that. I, I just saw it on Unilad or something like that. It's like... Oh, banter, banter. You know, like punter loses twenty five grand on Bayern Munich. Right, man, Stuff like that. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us anytime over the next week, Sean Sheehan will be on a delayed response system. You can tweet you can him. Find, you can find me in Newcastle West. Bring beer. <laughs> yeah, you can find. Actually, Sean, this is it. I meant to bring it up at the start. You're coming to Bama. The Irish. Hopefully, the hopefully. Irish. Well, maybe the Irish. Yeah. If not, you'll definitely be in Dublin for UFC Dublin. Yeah. I think we should organise a little meetup for the podcast podcast fans in Dublin. We could. It'll probably be better around UFC Dublin time because I'm only coming up for the night and bam, I'm not even staying. I'm going home after. Oh, well then. Well, for UFC yeah. Dublin, something we can do. Somewhere near the uh, the hotel. People can buy you drink, buy me soft yeah. drinks. We can talk. We can laugh. They can, they can stop saying to me outside events, where's Sean? We don't Gibson even Ho- like the Gibson podcast. Hotel Friday evening. Sponsored Gibson Hotel Sh- Friday evening. Sh- uh, the Gibson Hotel sponsored by Sean Sheehan. Um, yeah. And we'll all see you there. We'll, we'll put something out anyway, close to the time. If you want to get in touch though, Sean will be on tape delay, as I said, for the next couple of days. At Sean Sheehan BA. If you want to get in touch with me, although no one rarely ever does, at Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter. And uh, if you want to get in touch with the Supreme Overlord, follow them. We recently passed 10,000 likes 
on Facebook last week at Severe MMA on Twitter. And of course, while you're at it, you might as well follow the most beautiful writer in Europe at PT Carroll. I thought you were going to say me again. What? <laughs> I shut <laughs> a fuck. I'm just going to edit that and just like record myself saying Sean Sheehan <laughs> and put it over it again. But assuming he doesn't pass out over the week uh, from drinking intensively, Sean will be back. Regular service resume next week. Sorry for releasing the podcast a little bit earlier in the week. But until then, see you next week.